You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. We have begun a new calendar and another 25,000-year cycle as we journey into a new realm of reality through the windows in your mind. We now begin with the knowledge of humanity and its divine origins from intergalactic conversations from the past and present. Let us look through a window into the ever-evolving consciousness and explore new possibilities with our place in the cosmos and the quantum world. Grandmother Parisha of Cherokee Heritage reveals the wisdom of the ancient past that will lead us into a peaceful future. Experience the love and peace through the exceptional wisdom of Grandmother Parisha as she shares science and ancient knowledge merged together to benefit all of humanity. Greetings, this is Parisha and this is Windows in Your Mind. We're going to start today with actually just covering some of the up-to-date stuff that's happening and what's going on in our world, our role in it and everything that we usually discuss here in Windows in Your Mind. I appreciate all of you who have been very loyal to keeping up with me on Facebook and the other particular medias that we have available to us. And a lot of you have been actually participating in a lot of the projects and the needs for particular physical love and heart to light work. So I, I appreciate every one of you that are doing that. And we've gotten up to right now to where we're pretty much about seventeen to 20,000 that actually respond to the call for different assistance on projects and needs in the world. And every one of you are being effective. Some of you are doing it in, in your own different rituals and everything else. It's all effective. It's all important. You make a difference. So in doing that, I'm kind of coming back into track with my beautiful friends, Jules, that actually handles this beautiful network that we call Law of Attraction Radio Network. And Jules has been very patient in allowing me time to get out and do all of the different things I do, um, uh, probably on the road and in the field. But a lot of it, too, is just working with the tremendous political bodies of energy and particular statements that have to take place. Now, we have to begin to realize that we are who's going to make the difference. We are who we've been praying for. And as we begin to do this work together, we see the outcome makes the evidence of the fact that you do make that difference. And so with Jewel, I'm going to have to make my commitment to give her new material on a weekly basis. She makes sure that the quality as well as the coverage of what we do on Law of Attraction Radio is top and top shelf, all class. So I appreciate that, Jules, beloved, and know that you're with me every step that I take. And in that, today we're going to talk about some of the extraordinary things that are going on. With me and in what I'm doing, I'm, I'm exposing myself to things that have been, I, I just begin to understand from listening to other people. I've always thought myself to be a very out there person. And some people from time to time have told me that straight up. You're kind of out there, you know. But I'm learning that out there where I used to be was nowhere. Okay, and that I am coming into having experiences and working with people that are just absolutely beyond words. And that's not just an exaggeration. I mean, I don't know how to put words to what I'm trying to explain or 
actually help you join me in understanding what that may be. But there are people out there who have dedicated their whole life being to just being of service to spirit and to humanity and all life, all creation. And they are just to be with them. I, like I said, to say that you feel love, you feel this or that, you know, that rings so flat to what the real experience is. It's just so flat. I'm looking for something that creates thunder and lightning and wind and fire and everything to help you understand what that feels like. It's just a combination of everything that's powerful. And yet it is so gentle and so nurturing, so non-threatening. And to realize that we, we are created of that. We are here to actually be an instrument of that. And so then you see these people who have succeeded in the ultimate of that. And then you go into humanity and out in what I call mass society and see what's going on. And then uh, you have to, you know, what my beloved said to me, my husband said to me, you've been sitting very quiet, you know, he, don't you want to come rest? And it's like, no, the quiet is my rest. And he said, you, you have that look of seriousness on you. You know, and we and then we begin to talk, and I shared with him. You know, I don't know that we we truly have any one answer for this, but the the mass society, and I'm talking about those who have a shallowness. They're lost. They're hungry. They're they're they feel forsaken. They they can't stand on anything of of a faith or a belief that actually helps them. You know, stay stay balanced through uh, all these different things that's going on. And I told him, you know, I keep looking for that that little little whatever that actually can be, you know, an antidote to their suffering, to their bewilderment, to their fear. And I've come to know that it's, and I just celebrated my 75th birthday, which means I'm in my 76th year, okay, is that I smell fear and I realize over the last year, year and a half, how I've really always smelt it and never, you know, that you get accustomed to something being there and you never question what it is and, you know, you, it's just there. Well, it was a smell that I always smelled and I never put any particulars to it. And then I realized over some things that I've had to be very much in, in assistance with is I'm smelling fear. And then, you, you know, the thing of it is, is that, Whatever's gone inside of us it, as far as effects, we don't tell the truth. And it's like when you're talking to people and you know that you have to have something to center yourself on so that you're certain that you're working to this person's will. And in other words, you know, some people are afraid that your people overpower you and everything else. Well, the only thing that overpowers you and takes control of you is your fear that it could happen. The truth being, you can't really help a person in any manner or way until they totally allow themselves to surrender to that and be a part of it. And so nobody can override your free will. So for me, trying to find people who actually understand that and will be still long enough to actually engage in giving permission 
for me to move into the place I can to be of assistance. So to assist, then I always ask, is this mine to do? And can I have cooperation in this? So no matter how much energy we can cast or you can as a healer do for a person, if they're not in a place of believing that, they're not in a place of accepting that, and they're still in the program that has brought it on, I know that you'll go through feeling that you weren't doing the right thing or that you just weren't capable of whatever. That's not true. That is not true. You are capable and you're doing exactly what you know to do and it is effective. But it doesn't go any further than that person's willingness to let it move. So there actually has to be some educating and there actually has to be some training that helps us come to a place to where we expand our mind's ability to accept that. You cannot, you cannot have effects with a person who has no, no experience or no manner of life that actually helps them relate to what you're saying and what's going on. So they don't have the neuron. So, you know, you can't hold people responsible for wrong things or hurtful things or abusive things they do if in their mind they believe that that's all right, that that's acceptable. So we go around making judgment on people without considering the fact they don't believe they're wrong. They don't believe they can be healed. They don't believe, and because they don't believe, you can't get through that. So there has to come a cultivating and a training and an educating and a teaching that actually helps them deliver the openness to accept what can be. And so your efforts, you the healers, you the light workers, those of you who actually have taken the time and the desire with all your heart to help people out of that suffering place, you're, you're doing what you have to do and you're doing it right and you're totally 100% on it. The other thing and the only question you have to ask yourself, were they prepared to accept? Did they know enough to accept? So, you know, all of you that are healing, all of you that are in the work of light energy and stuff that you're doing, are you teaching? You have to be teachers as well. You know, I, I totally, totally love all of those who do the hands-on. I mean, I do. And sometimes after just extensive, horrendous work out in the field, it's so good to have one of the healers walk up, you know, do nothing more than just lay their hands on my shoulders, you know. And it's like, oh, wow, the body just totally goes with that. All right, in that, in the moment that that's happening, I realize that it's the education that I have, the understanding of what it is they can do and what they're doing and how it works allows me to have no resistance at all and just to be in it, you know, to totally accept it. And so what I see some healers doing is they'll say, I don't, I'm not a teacher, I'm a healer. Oh, yes, you are a teacher. Anybody that has the knowledge that someone else does not have is a teacher. Okay, you're to pass it on. You have the knowledge to understand something that someone else doesn't. That's how we resolve ignorance. That's how we resolve suffering is that you give them the opportunity to think about what it is that you're wanting them to understand. So it's think, and then they can do it, and then they have the effects of it, the being of it. So make sure that you begin to have 
you know, when you're, when you know that, and I've had healers that are coming to me that are doing some powerful work. I mean, extreme cancer cases, you know, a lot of the people have come with liver diseases and other things that these healers are amazed at themselves for the results that they're getting. And like I told them, why are you amazed? What, what more dedication could you possibly be doing and giving than what you are right now? So why are you amazed or, you know, set back that you had such results? And then I said to them, the other thing you want to celebrate is the teacher that you are. Oh, no, no, I'm not a teacher. I'm a healer. No, you're both. How much did you actually cultivate this person's mind to actually be open and understanding enough to move with what you were doing? Because see, you need them to do that. If you did what you just did and didn't get any results, it wasn't anything you did wrong. So every one of them has said to me, well, I do pass out pamphlets. Uh, yeah, I do have a little five or ten minute recordings explaining the anatomy, the physiology, the energy, the blah, blah, blah. And I told them, that's teaching. That's teaching. And, and that's part of the healing is expanding their mind's ability to accept that. Don't, you know, look around you, a lot of you healers and you workers out there, look around you, you're in a world who people believed that the surgeon was God, that the doctors knew everything. How, how long ago was it that you were called charlatans and, and it was all quackery? You know, science has liberated whole, what I consider wholeness and wellness, that we can actually show that, that the drugs, that the prescriptions, that all these other things are not the sole solution of anything. And you need to give yourself a lot more credit. You really need to know. You, you are doing exactly what you need to do, but you must first heal their limited knowledge. You must first heal their closed minds. You must first open the windows and the doors of their beautiful minds. And then they can let in the light that you bring and accept it. And in that, you know that what you have done is complete, whole, and everlasting. And I just want you to know how much I appreciate in, in the beginning of the program. My whole perspective on this is thanking you, those of you who have been in the field with me, those of you when I can't be in this place, just put a message out and a whole bunch of you speak up. It's close to where you're at and you step into it. That's the difference. And understand, that's what's changing our world. That's going to be the future that we really have been praying for and envisioning. Is every one of us doing our part? It's not up to one or two. Okay, there's no one that has it all. There's no one that can actually say they are the sole and the only. That is, that's crazy. We went through that in churches. We went through that in metaphysics. Now we're going through that in spirituality, that there's this competition of I do and I'm the only one that can and so forth. And it's like, this crazy. When you read the sciences enough, you realize everybody has their individuality and their originality because your fingerprint says you're one of a kind. Okay, if you're one of a kind, then you have something that nobody else has. But that doesn't make you're one of a kind, not part of a whole. Okay, if we're, if, you know, we're all emanations of the one creator. And in it, our aspects are stronger when we apply them together. 
So it's it's no different than what I'm watching in the elections. I mean, it's gotten so crazy. I travel and I, I have, you know, these international contacts that I'm always working with. And people, you know, people understand that I know a lot of you who are in this work. So many, many times what I would consider a straight person, meaning a person that doesn't do metaphysics, spirituality, sciences, or anything. They're just the nine-to-five person. And they'll say, you know, I've kind of seen some of that and wondered, you know, and then they'll do the I wonder, you know, and then I start talking to them about it. And what I'm seeing happen as I go across our world is people who have known America to be a world leader, a very powerful presence in the world, watching this presidential election. Oh, heavens to be. Okay? That you have two adult people poking fingers at each other and doing the nana, nana, nana thing at each other when they need to be talking to the people about what they can offer and what they're going to do. So, you know, you, you really want to realize they're, neither one of them are performing as professional and as responsible as I think they should. There's no reason to be sounding off and talking bad about each other. Why don't we just talk about what you can do? And that would just be so much better across the world. But even in these times, it's like uh, I was in, actually involved very deep with some people in the Middle East and from Egypt. And you're talking about very ancient cultures here. I mean, you're talking eons. I mean, as far back as we can go in India, you know, you're talking about, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. You're talking just lots and lots of time, right? And here we are in this this wonderful, elegant, uh, I would, I'm going to say military person because I don't know what else to call it because I know he was in the service of the security of his country, okay? So I'm going to say military. And he said to me, so how do you feel that you're celebrating the 100 and 194 or 294 years of your Navy? And uh, I just looked at him and I says, and there's something unspoken in what you're saying. So what is the undercurrent of that particular question? And he says, the very arrogance of your country that is so new, you know, to say that he, because they all knew my age, he says, to say that you're in your 70s and that your country as a whole has only had a navy, a navy for just under 300 years. My country is, you know, 250,000 years of having water ships and navies. And it's like I'm listening to that, and at first kind of went right over me. You know, I thought, well, there's a point he's trying to make, and I don't know that I'm grasping it. And then later the discussion come back to how, what a world power we are and what, pe what people, what countries all over the world are expecting from us. And then someone coming in, and, and, I'm, and some of my colleagues have said, well, that person's being kind of negative and sour. And I said, no, I don't see it as sour at all. Did you actually give any thought to that, that we're sitting here talking about these things and talking about ancient ancestral influence and everything else? And, you know, we're today, and it was whatever day a week or two ago that we were celebrating the birth of our Navy. And it's like, did you think about that? Because I didn't. And they said, 
Well, no, not really, but I did know it was like we were celebrating one of our particular services, you know, military services. And I said, the Navy. Ships have been on the waters for how long? For how many eons? How many, how, you know, how far do we need to go back in time that something wasn't floating on the water? You know what I mean? And for us, what floats on the water that we call our Navy is only 290-something years old. And it made me sit there very humble for a minute because I'm looking at the fact that, you know, here here's Egypt and the Nile and, you know, how many thousands of generations have actually used ships in their travel with that and all over our world. And I realized how new we are. We, you know, we really are the new kids on the block. And then later, when I was doing what I consider my mindfulness, it kept taking me back to that. I thought, okay, stop trying to do your practices, you know, which I do my yoga and and everything. Stop doing that. Just let this have its space and time. And it was just me mulling over the wonderment of, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in my 76th year. And, you know, I look at that so... 200 years maybe before me, maybe 220 years before me, was actually the establishment of one of our major forces. You know, and then to see, because I've traveled all over the world, to see our effect in all of these countries, to, to know the people I've touched and the beautiful relationships I've created, and in those countries realizing these countries have been there for thousands of years. You know, and you and each one have actually gone through one level of civilization, fallen and come back up, you know, and back and forth. And so you're looking at how human evolution has happened in those particular fields of energy, which we call locations or countries. So there's something very significant that we need. And I don't know what it is yet, so I'm going to be kind of rambling today, so please hang in with me is, you know, we we all need to be looking at that that's here on this particular land called the United States or North America. I know in Native perspective and from my Native roots, my Cherokee Native roots, I have a real in-depth perspective of that in a spiritual way and from the Native perspective. And then the newcomers come. And then we become this country that's called the United States. And then this country is made up of a melting pot of European and people coming from all over the world here. And it's like then I began to kind of just let memory float. So I went into that floating state of meditation and mind. And there was just these these hundreds of stories that the elders told us and everything else of how we have evolved and how we have come to where we're at and what that is and you know what the experience of earth being of earth is and so forth it's just when I sat with that it's like wow it actually put me in a place to understanding what I felt like at 15 what I felt like at 16 and I'm celebrating 76 and I realized, wow, we we have so far to go yet, and yet look what all we have done in the short window of time. And look at the position in the world we hold. So then when, you know, I come back to that, and then there definitely were tons of questions about, you know, 
who are you for? Are you for Hillary? Are you for Trump? Are you this? Are you that? And it's like just listening to that and then saying to them, so not not needing to discuss my politics with anybody, just saying, so what, what have you heard and why are your particular interest in that? You know, especially in American presidents. And they said, because America affects the whole world. And then again, you know, that was that impact moment of saying, yeah, but we're, you know, our, our particular world, our particular country. And then it was so beautiful because it was actually at this point that another elder that was traveling with me said, but that that you call the United States existed far, far, far more, far longer than before the newcomers come. And I said, yes, but in the newcomers coming, there was purpose. And the fact that it's become like a melting pot of so many ethnic groups and cultures and people, it has become this uniqueness of itself. And somehow or another, that's going to be very significant in whatever I do from this point on because it's having such an in-depth place of thinking and wanting to be present with it and everything. And I've not had that before. I've had very much strong inclination to always go back to my Cherokee roots and hang my hat there as far as how I consider my role in this country and on this land. And it's like, hmm, something else, something else is cooking here. And it, I think it's something that we all need to look at. You know, uh, I don't know what you do, but I don't just sit and complain and be critical to other people about what it is I like or I don't like and what's going on and how I want things to change. So at this point, what I do is that I actually go out and write letters and do things to help people make different choices. I had to learn very much where to go from there and finding out how I felt in the different things and perspectives of how my country and my land is actually leading and being effective in the world and people giving it the respect of its power and authority and yet how much we have to change and actually deal with the corruption and the different things in our country that have over the years just been allowed to develop. Like every country, there has a need for people to stay true to that. We have to look at the fact of what made this country strong was actually the very documents of which this country was structured and built on. Beloved, you need to pay attention to how much of that has changed. And so when we realize that things are not looking as good as they used to look in regards to America, we need to look at the things we've changed and what the forefathers of this country put into the Constitution and to our Bill of Rights. And no matter how we personalize our particular view on one or the other, we need to look at the historical value of that as well as the future outcome of that. And right now I feel that what we need to look at in any candidate that's running for this country is that we need to look for where the biggest change is going to happen. We need to deal with the various corruptions and the very ineffectiveness of how a, a particular president actually has to look at the mammoth workload and consideration of which his authority or her authority actually has to have effect with. And we need to look at a whole lot of different things then that just due to time 
and the ongoingness of things. Let's not look in the past and blame anyone who took on the responsibility of this country making any mistakes, just saying, okay, there were mistakes made, and whoever and whenever that was made, we now know that that wasn't what made the better good and to move toward the change. I feel our political parties need to have change. I know that when anything has had longevity or a continuance for any amount of time, even businesses, and definitely I do see this in businesses, even a business that has had the same leadership over the period of even 10 years, there's absolutely fault and, and, and corruption in it. There's been, you know, whatever the, the particular standards that put that corporation in business, as the leadership got softer or starting to have to, you know, do power plays and stuff like that. There were compensations made that's not really in the rule book. You know what I mean? So there, it doesn't matter anything. In relationships, we, we can come as personal as looking into our relationships, our parental relationships, our marriages, and, and, you know, our friendships. Once we are with a person over so much time, the familiarity becomes a situation with that relationship. So for us to actually have particular activities in our government that we can now evaluate and say, well, you know, what, what is this all about? What is that all about? And what I'm loving about it is how people are speaking up, how people are actually asking questions that just, just you know, a few years back was considered uncomfortable because people were afraid of being attacked by other people or just being disapproved of and everything. And it's, I love the fact that people have such courage today. They, you know, they're not looking for your approval or mine. They're just saying what it is they feel and how they want it to go. And, 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 I, and I think that that's clear and that's good. I like to ask people when they tell me something that's so steadfast, you know, so definite. Okay, can you tell me what you built that on? And what, what I concern myself with is most of them can't. And it's like, okay, so you're just going along with that for what reason? You know what I mean? And so we have to look at our tendency as beings to do that. And this country has to go through some changes as our world is going through changes. We're not the only country in that transition. We're not the only planet in that transition. And that's what, what, you know, my particular role in my services and what I do actually deals with that. I'm, I'm actually universal as a being. And so if you're working with me on the Facebook, you'll find me talking to you about the effects of what's going on galactically, what's going on with the sun, what the effects are of a different particular outburst over here in this particular constellation that's now having its effect. Because everything is moving our planet is moving. Our solar system, even in its patterns, is moving inside another system. And so, you know, don't think for a minute that you're not a part of that. We all are. And that, you know, once we, once we start thinking in the bigger picture, then the kind of pettiness that we're seeing politically even has more impact. And it's like, okay, there, there's just no need for that. And, and, and I don't care who you are as a human being. Okay, there have been times you've said things inappropriately. There have definitely been times that you wish you'd shut your mouth instead of talking. There definitely is going to be time that you, in one remark or another, showed your preference to something over something else. 
Okay, and my point is here is, is nobody's clean, nobody's perfect, okay? And that we need to understand that neither can we expect that of anyone that we're asking to come forward and lead our country. But what we want to do is make the decision of how we believe that person can either adapt to or come to the challenge. And we have to consider what strengths we're going to base that on. And I, and I don't see that that's necessary then that the candidates themselves do so much name-calling and talking badly of each other. It's just, it, it does not settle well with me and definitely not with the questions I get from other people and the rest of the world. So when we start thinking of our country, how new it is, how we're fitting inside an evolutionary planet that has a history of civilizations upon civilizations before us. And then we look at what is the very foundation of our Constitution and what our country is based on and how we have to really, beloveds, really, really preserve that and protect it. That's what makes it different, just like your fingerprint. That Constitution and all of those particular means of values that our country is based on is our fingerprint in the world. And it's a very present, very strong one. So I ask you to please get past all of the pettiness and make your decisions from a place to where you're willing to actually look at the fact there has to be change, drastic change, and take it from where your heart is with that. But I also want you to look at how new our country is, what it means to be on this soil, what it means to be on this planet, What's happening to the planet is happening to us physically as well. You know, to take, I, I, you know, I'm an activist and you all know that. I'm sure if you've listened, ever listened to this program, you know that I speak strongly as being an activist. I don't know how to sit still and allow something to just come as it is. I know that I have beautiful teachers that are masters that I've studied with and they say to me that, that I can only obtain and know that I have mastered the true state of enlightenment when none of that is effective with me. Do you understand what that means? I mean, I, I know I'm still working with it. I, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody I've got there because I'm not. I, I can't sit still and see people suffering. I can't, I can't sit still and watch gross, you know, just gross slaughter of people or, or animals or anything. And, and I'm learning that most of the particular teachers and masters I've worked with say that it's all irrelevant. Well, it's not to me. I know in listening to some teachers that I respect a lot, and that's Bruce Lipton, and I dearly love Joe Dispenza, when they're saying that those of us that are out here doing the service are actually creating the, the particular opposites, that we are responsible to those opposites. And that's pretty much what the masters are saying. And my, you know, what I'm working on for myself is, okay, why am I involved in it and how did I attract that? Because there's no way I can be still with it. Somebody's hungry, I'm going to go find some bread. You know, somebody's sick, I'm going to find some help. Okay, somebody is homeless, I'm going to find a shelter. And in my life, I've just come to be in a place to where I accept that that's just what I am, who I do, and the humanitarian that I am. And now it's like to look at that and recently seeing, seeing, you know, particularly sitting in some of the circles I sit in are very private and closed. And uh, 
one of those circles was the teacher was actually saying that we should not involve ourselves emotionally or participate in any of the wars that are going on. Okay? You know, I look at that and realize, okay, I have teams and people that are in those areas, and I love them, and I love the people that we're helping, and you're saying I should just be all right that somebody from some other organization and belief just comes into their village and their town, kills off everybody, and who they don't kill off, they drag off and make captives of them. And I am to sit there in meditative state and allow all that to move around me and have absolutely no effect of that. And I trust, beloveds, I trust that there are people who have acquired those levels because I've sat with some that I've looked at and often thought, how do you just sit totally oblivious to what just went on? Totally indifferent, not caring one way or another, but you just saw. And I know that I have to mature and become strong enough to say that I don't care, that I am totally okay, that the murdering, the slaughtering, the killing, the controversy, the suffering and everything is not of me, so I have to sit back from it. And I've also had them say to me, be careful that you emerge yourself into it. And, you know, I'm interested in your response to that. So any of you who want to jump on Facebook and say, you know, I want to give some feedback on something that you brought to the show. We've got on Facebook when you go to the station and the website and you see where the fan page is. Send me some, some of your ideas on that. I, and I truly trust what Joe and, and Bruce are teaching. And I realize as I'm listening to that, and it's like, geez, Parisha, I would say probably 80% of your life is spent out there as an activist working on things and doing all that you can to make them better. And and I've tried. Oh, beloveds, I've tried. No, you know, respecting that I don't know everything and that I have to learn things in this world. I, I actually am in a place to where, you know, if, they, if that's what they're saying it is, I start looking at myself, evaluating myself, and, you know, I put everything right to practice. You know what I mean? And it's like, and then I, I go someplace, and then I see, you know, like the those of you who have assisted me and are working with me in what I call the human trafficking project. You know, where, where me and my teams go, We'll go into where we have gotten information and we catch a load or, inter, you know, intercept their whole way of business and everything by get doing a, you know, we go in and we actually do a raid or we go, go in and do a confrontation and shut that all off or take them, you know, take them to jail or whatever. And at this point, actually feeling that I'm in doing that, I'm actually saying that because that I am the one that's helping human trafficking become what it is. I don't know how to deal with that. I know that when those children, especially the part that I work with is children, there's a lot of the young women and men that are in their 20s that have been into it 15, 10, 15 years they were taken and have become, you know, you, you, I know when I look at their energy and everything, I realize they have become that. 
and no matter where we take them and how we pull them out of this, that's all they know. 15, 20 years later, that's all they know. That's who they have become. And in some cases, it's who they have determined they want to be. It's when I, you know, I, I try, what I focus on is get to them before it gets that far, that there's still opportunity for them to turn it around. And when I see those little bodies and I see those children and I, I see the bewilderment and I see their pain and I see the joy of them finally realizing that somebody has come to help, I don't know how to be passive about that. I don't, and I, you know, I've worked on this and I will continue to work on this. But to sit in a world to where we're saying, you know, that we should do nothing at all. Just allow everything to be as it is. And I mean, in, in our spiritual righteousness, we know that we say it is as it is and it needs to be. So everything's perfect. Everything's in harmony. And all is as it needs to be. Well, all I can say to you is I'm still working very, very hard at that. And doing the best I can to actually come to a place to where... I can say that I have allowed myself to totally be able to ignore the suffering and walk away from it, realizing that I have no need to interfere. And any of you who have any ideas on how you can help me get there faster, hey, definitely get online and go to the fan page here and say, here, I've got some thoughts that you may want to look at. I know that what I am doing is not allowing the emotionalism I can't tell you that I've always had control of the emotionalism. Uh, and, and, and then I realized that my anger or my particular emotional reaction to it did not help. I realized, okay, you're becoming that which you want to change and heal by being angry and vindictive and, you know, judgmental and deciding to do the execution and the punishment, the whole thing. So I have overcome that. I have I have worked at it for so much of my life that I remain very much in a, a place of compassion. And and I see anybody that's abusing as being abused. And I can find a, a seed of compassion that I can water and grow and nurture into a place of being more open and actually loving and caring for those people. Okay. Not always as much for one as another. Like I said, that's the process I'm going through here. But to actually realize that I need to stop making it wrong, to stop making it, participating in it emotionally, just to just say it is what it is and walk away from it. I recently had a, a young man, well, young according to my years, but about 47 years old, and he... Had been, he's worked with me for about 11 years now. And we were in the process of actually going in and dealing with some of the situation in the families of the after effects of ISIS. And uh, he he come to me and he said, I, I, I need to give you a heads up that after this particular, you know, particular period, I'm going to take some time off. And I said, I encourage that. That's wonderful. If you know you've come to where you have come to full capacity of whatever it is you can give, you need to renew and go to work and everything, get, get, get back together. And then I started discussing with him some of the beautiful places on the earth that I've kind of taken time out to just spend time in its beauty 
and in nature. And he began to cry very, very hard. And he asked me, Grandmother, when you lay down to rest, are you ever able to shut them off? And I just had to sit with that for a while. I know I didn't answer him for, you know, quite a few minutes. And we just sat there looking at each other. And I told him to answer that, I'd have to say is, even I've sat here silent with you, I'm thinking back years, years and years, in situations similar to this, and people, the outcome, you know, some of the joy and some of the sorrow of that. So I don't know that the kind of things and service that you and I give, I don't know if there's a place you shut it off, meaning you don't remember anymore or you don't think of it from time to time. But I know if it hurts, I know that if it actually begins to drain your energy and it has that effects on you, it's no longer service, it's sacrifice. And when you sacrifice, you're no different than the person who jumps in to save a drowning child, but drowns in the process. So I told him, you know, I, I really feel that, you know, you've been there Every, every every time, and it was true. I, I don't, I can't remember a project that he wasn't first in line, especially if they were drastic. And I told him, you know, sometimes we've just given all that we've got. Now you need to go fill up. You know, you need to fill up with why it was, why you did it, and what it what it was worth. And uh, it was really good because he sent me uh, a message for my birthday this week, and he said to me. Just letting you know that I'm still out here surfing nature and beauty. And in every day that I'm in it, you're with me. And the memories that are coming up are times when you made me laugh, you showed me love, you helped me see a different side. And those are the memories I have. So I think that I'm probably going to be back to work pretty soon. And I looked at that and I loved, I loved how he was having his good time. But see, I don't accept that it was me that he's remembering. I accept that unless that was in him, it would not have mattered what I was doing. He could not have seen it. And that, that was the joy I had in his message, not the reflection of the credit he was trying to expound to me. It was that if he can think that, if he can see that, if he can remember that there were times of laughter, that there were times of song, and there were times of, you know, camaraderie, there was just love and everything, then he's healing because one can only know that of themselves. And so it's just like with every one of you. Today is a world where we're all called upon and we're all needed. And you are definitely needed. So fine, it's like uh, on the page, on the face page, I had actually put a message that Robert Redford was giving about the Standing Rock situation. And he pretty much, I've worked with Redford on some other things. He's very native, interested to begin with. But I love the fact that on his Facebook, he was calling upon people to actually speak up about what they felt about this and the effects of what it is. And it's not just about the natives of Standing Rock. It's the long distance effects of this for the whole Mississippi Valley and the whole river and everything. So you have to talk, you know, you have to speak up for yourselves. And he gave the addresses of how to, you know, send to the White House that, you know, 
com and then to send off your emails. And then actually gave a phone number to actually call the White House. And beloveds, that in itself is tremendous. Because if you're doing nothing, silence is consent. Kind of put a piece of paper up someplace so you're always looking at it. To just sit silent, to not say something. I don't care how we're still dealing with this passive state that I'm going to seek, okay? You still have to say something. You still have to say, this is not okay. Stop that. You know, this is not what I elected you for. To speak for me, you can't say that that is anything I would want to be a part of. You know, you have to you have to let them know. The fact that they depend on our vote, they have to know that after enough of us say that that's not where we want to go, they're going to have to pay attention. And and so I just loved it how Redford had actually done that. On, and when I posted that on Facebook, I watched that he immediately got 2.8. 2.8 clicks back on that. 2.8 million is a lot of people saying the whole same thing. And I'm sure nobody that clicked on that was saying, yeah, 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 keep keep doing the fracket. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you something that simple is enough activity to make a difference in what you've got to offer. You can start out there, you know. I'm not asking some of you, and I know some of you can't come out and actually get the hands-on that a lot of us are doing. Because it means going on location. It means seeing the blood on the ground. It means seeing the sorrow, the suffering, the so forth. There are, there are those who are just not able to handle that without going into severe depression on their own. I have come to truly trust the love that I feel, the love that I am, and know that I just want to touch them. And in touching them, I totally trust that I make the difference in this moment for them. So anything you can do at this point to be actively participating in the change, please do so and remember that you are the difference. You are who you are praying for. And it can only be that we do it together that it'll ever amount to anything anyway. And in that, just making your day count for something. Making sure that every evening when you look at the sunset, you know there's been a contribution to the better part of our world. It's something you did today. And then just seeing how well that helps you sleep. Again, I want to thank all of the producers, our sponsors, and all of the technical backup support we have here on Law of Attraction Radio. I want to again say, Jules, I love you very much, and you just keep shining. And to say to all of you who help us, we, you know, we're nothing that if you're not listening. The importance of you actually listening and passing it forward. I, I trust that everything you hear, what we put through this radio station, actually brings a difference to your life, to your day. Because see, beloveds, that's our intention. And knowing that I wish you a good week, be with you again shortly next week, and to know that you are entitled to all good things. You have a wonderful week. This is Parisha, and this is Windows in Your Mind. Well, okay, it's that time of being complete again and going forward to assimilate and use what we've shared and learned. It's with love of humanity that I serve, and it's always good when you're with me. I value you in your time. So I say to you, Olama Liaha, we are family. Walk in beauty upon the great Mother Earth and be the blessing that you are. I send you my hugs and kisses on the breeze and in the sun. Beloveds, I am always with you. Have a wonder-filled week. 
and celebrate all good things. For those of you who want to keep in touch through Facebook, remember that it's www.facebook.com com slash forward and it's V-E-N period P-A period R-I-S period H-A and make sure that you share what you want to say and share your stuff and I look so forward to that. So until then, know we are blessed. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Grandmother Parisha on your journey to the windows in your mind. For further information or to contact Grandmother, please visit parishas-world.com. P-A-R-I-S-H-A-S-world.com. Promise me that you'll give faith the fighting.
chance And when you get the choice To sit it out or dance Oh 